Hey, I'm Sheena, former miserable corporate attorney turned full-time calligrapher and creative entrepreneur. I used to feel like I was living my life for other people, and now I am more true to myself than ever. And each week, I'm sharing a short but powerful lesson that I've learned on that journey. So if you're looking for a way to get more creativity and possibility into your life, you're so in the right place. Let's dive right in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Sheena Show. I am recording this so last minute. (laughs) You're really getting on the fly, literally. I'm recording this the day it comes out. Um, You know what? Because honestly, I got distracted today. I got really, really deep into redoing my Squarespace website and could not tear myself away. I don't know. It's just one of those things where I went down the rabbit hole and could not stop until I had things looking almost close to the way I wanted them. Um, Okay, which isn't so much of a tangent as it might seem at first, uh, because did you know that all of my websites, all of my sales pages, all of my landing pages and opt-in forms I have always, always DIY'd. I have had years in my business where I've had almost a million dollars in revenue and I've never paid anyone (laughs) to do any branding for me, to do my logo, to put together, to write any sales copy for me, to put together any websites or anything like that, which is kind of wild. Um, And I think it, you know, number one shows that I do, you know, I'm an artist. I do calligraphy for a living, but I just, I love art. I have a good design eye. So there is that. I'm lucky in that regard. But it also shows that number two, you don't have to necessarily have the most fancy professional looking stuff as long as you have a really, really good offer and product that your students rave about and that you get amazing results from, and you have a really clear, compelling message that you truly believe in and that you know how to convey. You have those things. And, you know, if you're finding a way to get in front of the right people with it, you can go so far without a ton of super, you know, high-end polished professional stuff. I'm proof, right? So anyway, (laughs) That's why this podcast is a little late today. I thought I would do today just a fun one. I was looking back at all my podcast episodes and realized like I've never done a just kind of lighthearted, hey, these are my favorite things or this is what's going on. Like these are things I'm digging. I I don't know why I feel like I have to be serious, you know, and and teach and and give, you know, tons of value and and real lessons in every single episode. But now that I'm thinking about it, some of my favorite episodes of other podcasts that I listen to are the ones where just the hosts get a little bit personal and share a little bit about themselves. So I'm going to do that today. I'm going to tell you 13 things you may not know about me. It feels a a little self-centered. It is (laughs) self-centered. But hey, I'm going to hope that just by sharing a little bit, maybe you find some commonality or there's some things that I think there's going to be some things in here that surprise you. And that, I don't know, you just kind of build a sense that you know me a little bit more and can, you know, trust me when I talk about 
my experiences and lessons that I have to share. That's what I'm hoping. Um, you tell me, you come on to Instagram at the end of this crooked calligraphy on Instagram and let me know if any of these facts surprise you or if you have something that's like similar or the same. I would love to know. Okay, let's get into it. In no particular order, I just kind of wrote these down. 13 things you may not know about me. Number one, I am a pretty avid book reader. I have all my books on my Kindle. I read almost every day, but the thing is, I a lot of the times I am reading the same books over and over and over again. Some people think that's really weird. Uh, like my husband hates to read and he's, I don't understand why you would read the same book twice, let alone more than twice. Um, but I don't know. I just, I get really pulled into the world and the characters. And even if I know what's going to happen, I still get super <laughs> invested. <laughs> One little like sub uh, fact is probably the book that I have read the most often is the Little House on the Prairie series. The whole series, not just Little House in the Big Woods, not just Little House on the Prairie, the whole, I think it's like a 10 book series. I've read that like dozens of times. I wouldn't be surprised if I had read it a hundred times in my lifetime. I know it's really weird, but there's something about that series that is really comforting to me and it teaches me stuff about little, you know, facts and overviews about homesteading and a life that's so different from my own and about American history. Anyway, I'm like so into it. And if I ever survive the zombie apocalypse, it's going to be because I know, you know, theoretically how to make head cheese because it was described in Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number two, I is connected to the reading, but I am a huge fantasy nerd. You might not know that just looking at me, but I'm talking Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, um, anything with dragons in it. I love a good book with dragons and, you know, uh, heroin. Um, the Wheel of Time series, Robert Jordan, that, that I read that series from when I was 13 years old to like 28 when it finally finished. Um, I hope. I go pretty deep into fantasy and I don't know. I just love it. There's something about like this whole other world that I really get into. Okay. I got to speed things up here. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Um, number three, I have a useless black belt in Taekwondo. Taekwondo is the Korean martial art that's like similar to karate. Um, and I just, I got it. I started when I was 11 years old. My mom put me and my sister in Taekwondo classes and I got my black belt when I was 16, I think because they just had to give it to me. I'd been there for so long. <laughs> and I, you know, to be fair, I think it did teach me how to throw a proper punch and like kick, you know, pretty strong from my, you know, from my thighs and hips. But yeah, honestly, if someone jumped me in the street or tackled me, mm -mm, useless, be useless to fight against them. <laughs> okay. Number four. I lived in Kyoto, Japan for two years after college. Graduated college, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, thought maybe I would go to law school, but, you know, wasn't quite feeling it. And now we know why. Spoiler alert, I did not want to be a lawyer and I was miserable doing it and ended up quitting and finding calligraphy. You know the whole story. <laughs> but anyway, that's why I lived in Japan uh, two years teaching English in a Japanese high school. And it was great, you know, just young, making enough money to live comfortably and kind of travel around. Speaking of which, number five, fact number five, I have been to 
21 countries outside the U.S. I think it might be more, but I counted and it's and I could remember 21, not including where it's just a layover in an airport. I don't count that. This is where I got out and actually, you know, walked on the country. So they are really quick. Mexico, Argentina, Turks and Caicos, Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Jamaica. That was a cruise. Um, the U.K., in Scotland and London, um, Portugal, Spain, Italy, Germany, Switzerland, Turkey, Egypt, Jordan, China, South Korea, Japan, Singapore, Thailand, and Australia. So done like a fair amount of traveling. And uh, I don't know, yeah, kind of itching to do a little bit more, but I kind of feel like I want to explore the U.S. right now. There's, there's so much there. Okay, number six, my current favorite hobby is something I never, ever, ever would have imagined that I would get into. It is country Western line dancing, <laughs> which if you follow me on Instagram, you might, I, I've posted occasionally videos with me line dancing in it just because I'm so into it. Um, and it's something that I don't know. It fuels my cre creativity. It makes me just feel alive. But to be clear, I, I don't love country music, to be honest. Um, but the kind of country, country, quote unquote, um, line dancing that we do here in California is just it's so elaborate and the culture is so deep and it's to a lot of pop music, to a lot of like Dua Lipa and Pitbull, a shocking amount of Pitbull. Um, and so it's not really limited to country music. Um, and it's just so, so much fun. I've always loved dancing. And it's just the kind where you have some choreography, but you get to style it up and you're dancing with all these other people. It's like doing a flash mob, but, but like every single Thursday and you all know multiple songs. It's, it's so much fun. Never thought I would be into it, but me and my husband obsessed. Okay, seven, I graduated from Harvard University, that's where I went to college, in three and a half years instead of the usual four. And the reason, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, the reason is because I took an entire semester off um, my junior year because I burned out. I just was studying so hard and it just felt like so much pressure that I just kind of broke down and felt like I couldn't do it anymore. And I had enough credits because I had taken so many AP classes in my high school that my, you know, we figured out with my counselors that I could just go home back to my parents' house for an entire semester where I sat and slept during the day and spent every single night watching, um, oh dang, what's that center stage, that ballet movie <laughs> center stage on repeat call back to fact number one that I, I like to read repeat books. I also love to watch repeat movies. Um, so I would, I did that and I sewed Barbie clothes for my little cousin. And I think I volunteered for Habitat for Humanity. I did that for an entire semester. I needed it. And then I came back and graduated and it was all good, but whew. I'm clearly not a stranger to burnout. Okay, <laughs> number eight, I am under five feet tall. And uh, my, I'm 4'11", 4'11 and like a half. <laughs> We're going to get like really into the nitty gritty. Um, my sister actually is shorter than I am, 
maybe an inch or two shorter than I am. And my father is even shorter than she is. So if you just picture us all together, we look like a normal sized family until somebody not short stands next to us. And then <laughs> we look like so small. Uh, but anyway, I, I appreciate being small. I'd rather be too short than too tall. That looks like a nightmare on airplanes for anybody out there who knows. Okay, uh, moving along. Number nine, um, I grew up speaking fluent Korean until like about the age of five, just exclusively Korean. And then I lost it. I'm sure this is so familiar to anybody who, you know, immigrated here when they were very, very young or whose parents immigrated here. And then, you know, they were born here. But yeah, I'm the first child in my family to be born in the US. So everybody spoke to me in Korean until my sister came and we went off to kindergarten. And then I learned English and just kind of gradually lost the Korean. Regret it to this day. Even took Korean classes in college to try and kind of get that language back. And it worked, but you know, you're not, you're not using it every day. It just goes away. And my father is a writer and he writes in Korean and I can't read his stuff. It's, uh, it's probably one of the, it's one of the the sadder things, you know, I mean, I'm used to it now. My parents are used to it. We communicate, you know, with each other through a mixture of English and Korean, but yeah, there's a lot that we miss with each other. Uh, number 10, my parents, I guess we're all in my family now. My parents are also creatives, um, but they didn't actually, they had to work. Like they didn't kind of use the breadth of their creativity. So I don't know. I just kind of grew up never thinking that I was creative, even though it was clearly in my DNA. Um, but my mom right now does photography and she does these kind of cool abstract photographs that she displays at uh, Korean owned galleries in Los Angeles. And my father, as I mentioned, is a writer. He writes poetry and he writes about artists and he writes some plays and he's written many, many books in his lifetime. And he's pretty well known actually in uh, the Korean American community for that. So cool, right? Um, Eleven. I have one younger sister. She is an architect and she's two years younger than me. And she just recently started her own consulting business with her very specialized architecture knowledge. I'm so proud of her for doing it. She's going to do amazing because she specializes in like healthcare and hospital design. And so I never really understood what that was until she told me like basically imagine a hospital floor and it's just empty space. And they tell you, oh, take all of the square footage and put in three nurses bays, 20 patient rooms, two elevator shafts, six public bathrooms, on and on and on. <laughs> and she has to figure all that out. Woo. I can't imagine that. She's so badass. Okay. Number 12, also in the family realm, but um, many of you might not know that I am a stepmom. I actually, until the age of, ooh, how old was I? 34, 35, um, when I met my now husband, I kind of was always ambivalent about whether to have children. You know, my, it was never my ovaries were never calling desperately for it or anything. Um, I So I kind of thought maybe I would just be child-free by choice, you know, happily. But I ended up falling in love with a man, <laughs> my now husband, who happened to have a six-year-old daughter. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit more about this in another episode because it has been 
Ooh, one of the most rich and complicated and growth-filled journeys of my life to find my place as her stepmom. Um, I mean, I'm I'm her mom, basically. She calls me mom. She does have her biological mother, but she considers me her mom. I mean, we have a great relationship. Um, it was not always a smooth path, but we have figured things out, and it's amazing. And I never thought I would be a stepmom. So there is that. Uh, okay. Finally, number 13, I am now 42 years old, 42, right? Yes. 42 years old. And I dress much more daringly and provocatively now in my forties than I ever did in my twenties. It's kind of wild to think about because I was definitely skinnier in my twenties. <laughs> And I know that I look, I got the good Asian genes and I look younger than my age. A lot of people tell me, but you know, in my twenties, like, I mean, I had the plump, you know, twenties skin and toned and all of it. And, but I was so uncertain of myself. Like I felt so insecure, even when I was at my lightest weight ever. And, you know, maybe in another podcast episode, I'll, I'll get into some of, some of those issues. Cause whoo, right. Being a woman in this society, you're kind of bound to have some kind of body or eating issues. Um, but I just, it took me so, so long to get over that and to accept that I am beautiful. Oh, it's hard to even say that right now. Um, and that, oh my God, like, fuck it, right? Like, I think you get older and this happens to a lot of people that you just care less what other people think. And I cared so, so hard what other people thought in my twenties that I wouldn't dare to wear, you know, too short shorts or too short skirts or anything that made me look too young or, and now, I mean, if you can, I don't know if you'll ever see this video, but I have my hair in like two little buns on top of my head. Like not quite like Chun-Li. Chun-Li, her buns are on the side of her head, but you know, they're, they look they look youthful. That's a youthful kind of hairstyle. And I do not care. I'm rocking it because my hair is dirty. <laughs> I need to wash it. And this is a style that kind of hides that. It's, but it's that kind of, it branches out to so many other things in the just kind of how I present myself category. And it's just, I wish I could see myself, you know, in my twenties, look ahead and see what I would be like in my forties. Or maybe if I could from here, tell myself in my 20s. It gets better. You start to get more certain of yourself. You start to do things and be courageous and show yourself that you are capable of so much and that you really don't have to care what other people think so much. Um, and it all just gets a little bit easier and you gain your confidence. Don't worry, my love. That's what I would say to myself in my twenties, but you know, you had to go through it, right? <laughs> I had to go through it in order to get here. So that is it. That is my 13 things that maybe you didn't know about me. I hope that that was somewhat interesting and <laughs> maybe you learned something that you didn't know um, about me, even if you've been following me for a while. And uh, if any of this, any of these facts are like, you're like, me too. Or like, oh my God, that's so interesting. Or I resonate with that. Let me know. 
Um, seriously, like DM me on Instagram, instagram.com slash crooked calligraphy. Send me a note, say like, oh my God, I listened to your podcast and this and that. I will totally get back to you. I am like all up in my DMs right now. Just me, you know, responding to people. So I would love to know what you thought of this episode. Maybe I will do more like lighthearted, you know, ones like this in the future. Um, I hope you're having an amazing February so far. And uh following your creativity and little by little by little giving fewer and fewer fucks what other people think and uh, having a good time, having fun. All right. I will see you guys next week. Oh, you're still here. That's awesome. That means that you like the show, right? Thank you for listening to the end. And I want to ask you a really quick favor. Could you take two seconds right now literally right now to just leave a rating on this podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, write a one sentence review. It really helps more people like you to find this show. You are awesome. I'll see you next time.